But today, we're putting a bow on our Dangerous Prayer series. We're wrapping it up, and you guys know we have looked at Search Me, Break Me, Send Me as our Dangerous Prayer. So, I'm just curious, uh, in the comments on the live stream, but also here, if you feel so bold, uh, that, that's actually a, something coming up about boldness, just saying. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. What are your final thoughts on this book? Who has read this? And have you enjoyed it? Give me a thumbs up if you've liked it. All right, we got some thumbs up. Give me like a, yeah, I kind of like it, but I'm not sure if you're one of those. Give me a, I really did not like reading this. <laughs> or if you didn't read it, just do one of these. One of these right here. <laughs> right there. Yeah, like, oh, okay. I hope you have been challenged by this book. Now, now, if, if you've read this book, um, I had a conversation actually with someone just about two weeks ago, I think it was now. I said, how, how are you liking the book so far? Are, are you enjoying it? Is it engaging? Is it challenging? He goes, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. I agree with everything he says. I, it's challenging, but I don't, I don't know if I like it or not. So well, why is that? Well, I, I don't know if I want to pray these prayers because I'm kind of scared of what's going to happen if I pray them because they're dangerous and all the reasons are reading. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And honestly, that's my exact response as well. That's a pretty human response, right? We read about these dangerous prayers and like, ooh, I don't know. I like the idea, but that also sounds a little scary. Anyone resonate with that? Anyone? There's some brave ones out there. I love it. These prayers are dangerous. They're not safe because they challenge our comfort. And we can see it right here. We were warned, the tagline of the book, because following Jesus was never meant to be safe. And I think we can fall into that trap, especially in our comfort here in America. So if you read any of the Gospels, or any of the New Testament, really, you can quickly see following Jesus really isn't all that safe. Even Jesus' teachings teach that. So in light of that reality, we're exploring a bonus dangerous prayer today. This is, we're off script. This isn't in the book. But it's one I believe is needed in order to pray all these prayers. And that dangerous prayer is make me bold. Make me bold. Specifically in our faith, in our prayers, and following Jesus, Jesus, make me bold. Because if we are serious about following Jesus, about growing in faith and doing what he calls us, we will need boldness. We will need it. So we're going to dive into Acts 4 to kind of help us frame this and see what this looks like. Uh, you may remember this story from our Acts series just a couple months ago now. But to give you some context, Peter and John... They were out preaching the death and resurrection of Jesus. And as they were doing that, they were praying for miracles. So there was this guy who was unable to walk for 40 years. Is anyone here 40 years or right around there? Okay, I'm, I'm sorry to make you raise your hand. Is that wrong? Was that rude? I've, but you were bold. You went for it. There you go. 40 years this man couldn't walk. Could not take a step. So in boldness, Peter and John prays for this guy, and God heals him. For the first time in four decades, this man takes steps. But there's a problem. The religious leaders, the Sadducees and the captain of the temple guard, well, they didn't like what Peter and John were about, 
they didn't like this early church movement of Christianity. They thought it was some kind of cult-like movement because they didn't really believe in Jesus. So they kept trying to trap them. And you see, Peter and John had a lot of followers, and when you see this miracle, there's even more followers that want to follow them. So they arrest Peter and John, throw them in prison, and they put them on trial before the Sanhedrin. Are you guys aware of how they did trials back then? For the Sanhedrin, they would they would stand in a big or they would be seated or standing in a big circle and put the ones on trial right in the middle of them. Talk about intimidating. Can you imagine that? 70 some people around you and you're there on trial, and I'm guessing they weren't smiling at Peter and John in that circle. It was intimidating. So the Sanhedrin they asked, on whose authority are you doing these miracles? And whose name are you preaching? So let's turn in our Bibles, Acts 4, 8 through 10. If you have a Bible, you're welcome to go there, or I'll just read it here as well. Let's figure this out. I only have one hand. This is a new thing, I'm telling you. All right, here we go. Acts 4, 8 through 10. Hear the word of the Lord. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, we are being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man. Do you want to know how he was healed? Well, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man that you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. The man you crucified, but God raised from the dead. Now that is bold, I would dare say. Would you say that's bold? That is bold. That is so bold. Basically, basically, Peter basically says to their faces, you killed him. You are the ones who did this. The man that by whom I raised this guy, or healed this guy, excuse me, you killed him. But guess what? God raised him back. It's bold because he calls them killers to their faces and accuses them of this. But it's also bold because he says God raised him from the dead. You see, the Sadducees that were present did not believe in the resurrection of the body. They didn't believe in, in that at all. And so they would take this as a direct challenge to their beliefs. Peter was essentially throwing down the gauntlet in the middle of what feels like an arena of people that hated them. That's bold. Well, let's back up to verse 8, the very beginning of that passage I just read. Before Peter starts talking so boldly, what, what does it say? Someone shout it out. What does it say at the beginning of verse 8? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Filled with the Holy Spirit. We bring this up, or I bring this up pretty often, but Peter, without the Holy Spirit, way back when Jesus was arrested, and Peter's hanging out kind of by him, he was a coward. He was ashamed. He was full of fear. I do not know the man. Three times. But with the Holy Spirit, after being reinstated, he's bold and courageous and full of faith. Oh, I know this man. Yeah, this man that you killed. You see, the Spirit empowers us with boldness. Boldness is not a personality trait. There aren't people who are bold and people who are not bold because that's just how they're made. That's not how it works. You see, I know this because I have seen some of the most soft-spoken, some of, some of the most introverted, some of the most calm individuals 
step up and out in boldness. It's one of those things that makes you do like a double take. But we, we, we often confuse boldness with like aggression. But that's not it. Boldness isn't aggression. It's rather speaking and acting out of deep conviction. That is boldness. And the Spirit empowers us with boldness. And it's available to anyone. You see, you might say, I'm not bold. But the reality is the Spirit can give you boldness. He can and he will. Uh, an example of this. Um, maybe this is an experience you have all had where you're sitting with someone who maybe needs a little encouragement. Or maybe they're in some kind of crisis. Whatever it is, it's one of those experiences where you feel like you're in way over your head. right? And you're sitting with someone who just just needs somebody. It's one of those help me Jesus moments. You're afraid you might say the wrong thing, or um, you're afraid of how what you say will be received, or maybe uh, you just feel overwhelmed. As you're sitting there, you're like, I don't want to say this, but you have this overwhelming feeling kind of bubble up inside of you and say, I need to say this. And all of a sudden, the very right words come to you and you speak them. Or maybe a Bible verse magically like pops into your head. And uh, you know, some, some of us like really struggle with memorizing scripture, but all of a sudden this verse is just there. It's like, where I don't even remember reading that. And you just say it and go, whoa. And you're afraid of coming off maybe like too Christian-y or whatever, but you go for it and you share it with that person. And it happens to be exactly what they need to hear. Or maybe you pray out loud for that person. And it blesses them deeply and it is powerful. And you wonder. Where did that come from? That, that, that wasn't from me. Well, what was it? Holy Spirit. Whenever boldness is needed in fearful situations, and we act regardless of how sweaty our palms get or how fast our heart is beating, the Spirit will empower us with boldness. It reminds me of what Jesus said uh, to his disciples in Matthew 10, verse 20. He's instructing the disciples to go out and to, to be bold in sharing their faith. And, and he says to them, Do not be afraid, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Spirit of your Father speaking through you. So when we ask for God's help, when we need boldness, when we step forward in faith, the Spirit will empower us with boldness. So Peter, back to Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, he speaks very boldly to the Sanhedrin. And then let's look at their response. Back to uh, verse 13. It says this, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see, oh, there it goes, one second, for they could see they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. They were amazed when they saw their, what's that word again? Oh, yes. Even though the Sanhedrin might never admit it, they knew something was going on, right? Something was going on with these people. And uh, they said these people were ordinary and Greek. Ordinary is idiotes. Anyone have a guess what the direct translation of idiotes is? Idiot. Hey, there's no idiotes here this morning, right? Idiotes translates more accurately to just idiot. 
ordinary idiot, okay? So they're kind of saying, hey, these people are idiots. They shouldn't be able to speak so boldly, passionately, with such knowledge, and in such an eloquent way. But then it says, oh, but they recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. They didn't have formal training, but they had the best training you could imagine because they were walking closely with Jesus Christ. And it's kind of interesting that they say, oh, yeah, these people were with Jesus. That's the very thing Peter had feared when he had denied Christ, right, was being recognized to have been with Jesus. See, being bold in our faith will point people back to Jesus. They will see something in us and what we say that points them back to Jesus. Because boldness is inspiring. We know this. We, we, we know this because think of any... Um, well, let's just think of movies, for example. Any movie where there's an inspiring moment of a character who has a choice to step forward in boldness and do a very hard thing, but to seek justice and do it anyway, we get inspired. Or think of like, a, like an action hero, like Captain America, right, who has these bold, daring, and courageous acts, and we're like, man, I kind of want to be like that, you know? There's a scene in, um, I think it was Wonder Woman, where they're going into no man's land and they're like, you can't go there because like no man can make it through. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't gone an entire inch over, over a year in this war. And she's like, well, I'm, I'm not a man and I'm Wonder Woman and I'm going. And she does. And she's out there in the middle of this battlefield with all these soldiers shooting at her and she's doing her Wonder Woman thing, whatever. But then what happens? She's not alone because the other guys who were before terrified of going, they get out of that bunker and they're right there with her. Boldness is inspiring. It is contagious. It's one of those things when you see that you go, hmm, I want that. I want to be like that. And spirit-empowered boldness, it will amaze the world. It will amaze the world and point others to Jesus. But here in Acts, the leaders had a problem. They had a problem. You see, they cannot deny the miracle of the healing that took place. The guy is walking, and he wasn't walking for 40 years. But they're afraid of the crowds turning on them if they did anything to Peter or John. So they go about trying to just shut them down. They threaten them by commanding them, hey, all right, we're going to let you go. But you can never preach about Jesus again. You have to stop these miracles in his name, okay? You cannot do those things. No miracles or talk about Jesus or you will be arrested and beaten and likely executed, okay? When we ask for boldness, God will give us the opportunity to be bold, but it will often bring with it the opportunity for oppression. So we ask for eyes to see chances in this life where we can step up in boldness, claim a new ground for the Lord, or we could cower back and decide to rest on our comfort and stay there. So for Peter and John, they had a choice, right? They could stop preaching about Jesus, keep their comfort, their well-being, their lives. You know, they did a lot of good already. Maybe that's enough. You know, we had a good run. And now we'll just let some others take it and run at this point. Uh, we accomplished a lot. Or they could do the bolder thing, the scarier thing, the more courageous thing, the right thing to keep preaching Jesus, to keep doing what they were called to do and face that chance of being arrested, beaten, and executed, but doing it anyway because they believe they were called to it. 
So let's read from Acts uh, 4:29-31, kind of wrap up this little section here. So what do they do? It says this, and now, O Lord, so they're praying, hear their threats, and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. In verse 31, it says, after this prayer, the meeting place shook. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they preached the word of God with boldness. What they do? They prayed. If this were me, I probably would have prayed, keep us safe, protect me at all costs, uh, guard us, don't let anything bad happen to us. I think that's a pretty natural place to go. That's our human tendency, right? Protect us. But that's not what we have record of them praying. I'm sure there was some of that, absolutely, but what did they pray? What did you see? What did they pray for? Oh, there's that word again, boldness. They prayed for boldness. Give us great boldness in preaching your word. That's a dangerous prayer. If they keep on preaching, they will likely be arrested and executed. So, you know what, guys? Give us even more boldness. Give us even more boldness. Give us great boldness to do this, to not back down, to do the scary thing that is right instead of the easy thing that is safe. See, boldness, it's behavior that's born out of our belief. And what you believe determines how you behave. So when you believe something deeply enough, all of a sudden you find that you have boldness. There was no doubt in Peter and John's mind of what was right or wrong here. They knew God had called them specifically for this purpose. You know, send me, God. They knew what they were sent to do. And since they walked in step with the Spirit, they doubled down on their dangerous prayer, make me bold. And what do we see when they pray that prayer? That they are filled with the Holy Spirit. They preach the word of God with boldness. They received that boldness, and not just them, but the entire group of believers who was with them. Because it's inspiring, and it is uh, contagious. Now, you have no idea. You have no idea what God might set in motion from a single act of boldness. You have no idea what he may do in one act of boldness. If you are a Christian... We've done this a few times throughout this series because it's such a pivotal, important moment in our lives. Think back to that very first prayer, very first time you offered your life to God to say, I want to follow you. You are my Lord and Savior. I am done living for myself. I know I need a Savior. That is such a bold prayer. It all started with that. That is a step of faith, and that's what boldness is. It's just, it's just acting on our faith. And God took that. God took your bold step of faith. And he has blessed you with grace, with forgiveness, with mercy, with, with, with life. But asking God for boldness is not a one-time thing. We see uh, Paul ask for boldness in his letters as well. And, and we see time and time again, and then Paul preached with boldness. And we see him ask for boldness. He preaches with boldness. See, we pray for it daily because we can't just sit by and let this world pass us by when there is kingdom work to be done. 
when God has called you and equipped you and sent you to do a work for his kingdom cause. There's a neighborhood to love. There are people who are hurting every single day deeply, and they need to know there is meaning behind it. They need to know there's a Savior that cares more for them than they could ever know. And he might want to work through you to connect with that person. You have no idea what God might set in motion from one single act of boldness. Because following Jesus was never meant to be safe. So, we will live dangerously, putting our faith in one who is fully trustworthy by praying, search me, break me, send me, make me bold. These are scary prayers. But there is so much more to this life. We can go to God with these dangerous prayers because we can trust him. He is faithful. He is good. And he wants to do a mighty work in and through us. So as we close this series, we're going to close with the words of dangerous prayers, with how he wraps up this series. It's on page 161. Craig Rochelle, he wrote this. No matter what your life, it will not stay the same. When you pray dangerously, your life simply can't remain the same. If you truly want to make a difference on earth, you need power from heaven. If you want your life to matter, it is time to pray big, bold, audacious prayers. So seek God and dream big. Refuse to fear failure. It is time to venture out, to trust, to dare, to believe, because your life won't always feel safe. And it will take faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. What are you waiting for? Close the book. Open your heart, cry out to God, and pray. That's right. Heavenly Father, we are humbled that you call us your children. We are humbled that you have sent us with a calling to do your work. So as we consider asking you to make us bold, we reflect on our lives, Lord, and the ways that we have allowed comfort to take control. We want to acknowledge the ways and confess before you how easy it is to put other things before you. And so, Lord, as you identify the fear within us, holding us back from stepping forward in boldness and courage, we pray that by the power of your Spirit, you will embolden us. We pray you will make us bold. We pray that you will give us kingdom eyes and ears to see the work you have called us to. And yet, you are gracious, Lord. As you send us, you also remind us of your ongoing faithfulness. So we give you thanks, Father. We give you thanks for the work you have done just throughout your global church, but also throughout our lives since we first prayed that bold prayer to follow you. We do pray, Lord, that as we wrap this series, that we will commit to living dangerously for you, trusting that this life is but a blessing. And eternity is forever. And we want to live for that eternity, God. We want to live for you. For you are good. You are loving. You are forgiving. You are just. You are kind. And we are humbled and honored to follow you. We thank you for this time of worship. We thank you that you meet us in this place. 
prepare our hearts now as we prepare to go and be the church. We love you and pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.